0: Hi there, this is Siobhan Hunt, host of Feed, Play, Love. We're taking a break for a short while, but we'll be back soon. In the meantime, I've trawled through our vault for some of my favourite interviews, and this is one of them. Enjoy. Hello and welcome to Helpline on Feed, Play, Love with mother craft nurse, Chris Minogue. Chris is here to answer all your questions, whether it is about a baby who is waking up too much through the night, It might be a question about breastfeeding, feeding generally, behaviour... Chris is here to answer them all. So she just gives you a little pointer here and there that to, just gets you back on the right track. So there are a number of ways you can ask your questions. If you're watching us live via Facebook, you can pop your question below the video. Um, if you're listening via podcast, the thing to do is email us at helpline at au, and we'll get to your question next week. Also, of course, you can call and the number is 1-800-543-772. <laughs> Got it right? Finally, okay. We'll go start with Jane. Um, she sent us an email. She says, "My two and a half year old son has been fighting his midday nap, which around twelve thirty, for the past four to six weeks. Mm-hmm. He clearly still needs a nap, as he becomes quite irritable by the end of the day." If I go for a drive, he'll sleep in the car, but this is obviously not ideal, particularly as I also have a one-year-old at home as well. He normally wakes once during the night from either a nightmare or sleepwalking and is up for the day around um, 6.30 a.m. We try to get him to bed around 7, 7 7.30, but as he's so overtired by this stage, it's become quite a battle and can take anywhere from 30 minutes to one and a half hours to get him to sleep. And then there's like an emoji with it. Yeah. A kind of frustrated face. We've tried to move bedtime earlier, but this hasn't made any difference. Do you have any tips on helping to coax him into having his nap at home during the day? and or fix this vicious cycle we're in?
1: I think we're going to fix the cycle because two and a half is a reasonable age that they may be giving up their day sleep. But usually once I recognise that's what they're doing, I wean them off their day sleep because if he has sleep for two days and then doesn't have it for three days, it's almost like a jet lag effect and he keeps going backwards and forwards. So what I would do is just reset. And if he can, I would give him 20 to 40 minutes between 12 30 and 1 30 it doesn't matter if he's laying on the couch or you happen to be coming back from somewhere and he has a little nap in the car and I would actually do that for a week and then put him down at about 7 30. Once you let go of that sleep you need to let go of it for the whole week so not let it be intermittent but put him down to bed at seven o'clock Now in this time, in that very first week where he has no sleep for a whole week, he's going to be very fragile from about four o'clock in the afternoon. So I bring the really difficult things forward. So if he goes to daycare, I pick him up a little bit earlier. If um, he has dinner normally at 5.30, I give it to him at 5 o'clock. I give him a bath fairly quickly after that because they're difficult things to negotiate when you're really tired. And then I put him to bed around 7 o'clock but can be as early as 6.30. If you manage that week where he has no sleep, he'll regulate his sleep into a better night's sleep. And then it will feel more normal from then on, like he's coping with no sleep in the day. So I think if you go back and regulate it, you'll find you'll get less spikes of behavior and more consistency in both his um, night sleep and his behavior across the day. So how long should should Jane sort of wean before she cuts it out completely? With sleep, I usually do this in a week. Okay. So I do a week of 40 minutes or 20 minutes to 40 minutes, and then I do the week where, okay, let's do no sleep. Okay. Okay. And then you get a true picture of whether they're truly ready to give up their day sleep or not.
0: Okay, well, good luck with that one, Jane. Mm -hmm. This is an email from Teagues. I have a 22-month-old who is great at bedtime. We do our Mm -hmm. bedtime dinner and bath routine. He then gets his bottle and walks himself to bed. Wow. I place him in his cot, standing up as I'm in my third trimester. I can't lie him down. I give him a kiss and ask him to lay down, and I walk out. If he cries, I sit in the room for about five to ten minutes, but most times he doesn't cry. Our issue is his day sleep. We follow his daycare and give lunch at 11, prepare for nap time at 11.30, 12, but he will not go to sleep during the day unless I lay down in bed with him or he is in the car. At daycare, he goes to sleep pretty well on a mat and generally sleeps an hour for them. If I lay with him, he can sleep up to two to three hours at home. But soon I will have a second baby and would love to be able to put him down like we do at night. Some details. His bedtime had to be had to only be done by his dad for a few weeks because if I did it, he would not settle or sleep. But now I'm able to do the bedtime. His dad also finds it easier to put him to sleep on his own during the day, but he doesn't often have him alone for the day sleep like I do. It's usually the two of us at home or just me. Uh, two of us at home, mm. just me. Yeah. About a month ago, I had him at a point where I could, would put him down after getting to sleep, but after an episode of sickness and sleeping with me for about a week, I can't even put him to, down to sleep, to sleep or let him fall asleep alone. Please give me some solo day sleep advice.
1: Okay. So the first thing I think we do here, Teagues, is to realize that there's two things going on. Daycares haven't changed the time that they put children to bed for 35 years because 35 years ago I was working in daycares and that's what time they put them to bed. But actually for his age, he doesn't need to go to bed in the day till 12.30. So maybe just keeping him up a little bit longer is going to make it much easier for you to put him to bed. And the reason he does it at daycare is they could put mats out, everybody lays down, they turn the lights off, and I suspect they're sitting beside him and maybe patting him because of what you're telling us in the later part of this email. So the first thing is ask them at daycare not to pat him because that's what's linking him you in the daytime and him wanting you to be either near him or laying beside him so I think if you can get the timing better now move it to 12 30 and ask daycare not to pat him then he's got more resilience to be able to put himself to sleep and then the third thing I would do is on the weekend, get dad to set this up because you have more success with dad. So maybe on the weekend, dad could put him down at 12.30 on Saturday and Sunday, and then you pick it up from Monday. And as long as the both of you are consistent, I think you'll find in a very short period of time, he will go down for his nap and he'll sleep for about an hour or an hour and a half. And that will just give you a little breather for the last three weeks or four weeks of this pregnancy that you have um, to get a little bit of rest before this new baby comes along.
0: And I will actually mention as well that we did a special with Chris Yeah, we um, that did. was bringing second baby home. So yeah. if you want even more tips, Teagues, on how to have a smooth transition, yeah, mine was quite bumpy because I didn't have a Chris at that point. <laughs> no. Or maybe I did and I just didn't listen to you. You'd had. That's <laughs> no, <laughs> I mean, not you. very nice, yeah. is it? All right, we've got a phone call it's now. Honest. <laughs> it's honest, yeah. So listen to what Chris says and you'll have a smoother transition. Um, we have a phone call now from Jenna who has a two-year-old. Hi, Jenna. How are you? Good, how are you? Good, thanks. Tell us what's going on. Um, so he's really good. He's a very good little two-year-old. I'm very lucky in that respect.
1: But I guess I'm just looking for some advice um, in terms of the tantrums that definitely do happen. Yeah. Um, and a couple of little things that he does. He likes to run after the dogs, for instance. And okay. we're trying to teach him not to do that um, and just to be a little bit, I guess, quieter around them. Yeah. Um but it's it's hard because being two and and trying to teach him those things, we just don't know how to um hear his behaviour. And yeah, yeah, that's yeah, right. In the appropriate way, being so little. So, and what sort of understand. language development does he have? He's very good. Um, he can put about four words together. And oh, good boy. He's, yeah, yeah. He's very good at communicating and letting oh, that's us good. know what he wants and what he doesn't want. Okay, so, that's good. Yeah. So obviously as a two-year-old, we'd, we'd have an element of seeing tantrums Um, and frustration coming from children between two and three, three and a half, and for some kids even longer. And think of it as a time where you're trying to help him navigate things that are happening for him where he may not have the maturity to understand what we're asking him to do, and he may not have the language. But it sounds like he has good language, and that's really good because we can use language um, to help him move through it when we have to say no or don't or stop. So the principles that I use for discipline, well, not discipline, but the behaviour part of it is there Mm. are some behaviours that you can choose to ignore. Like I'm having a tantrum on the floor because you took a glass from me. I just sort of let that one ride out. And as soon as he calms down, I go back and I distract him into something else, like distract him into reading or distract him into helping you do something um, yeah, right. Yep. So the second one is distract. So as much as you can when you see something happening, distract him back um, and get him away from a behaviour. So um, mostly they might have um, a meltdown in the late afternoon. So I might um, distract him by getting him to unload the Tupperware cupboard for you. Just let him pull okay. it all out <laughs> and then let him put it all in. They're all about loading things and unloading things, as you know. <laughs> so sometimes I distract The other thing is remove. So sometimes he's having a mega meltdown and I can't do anything about it, so I have to put Mm. him somewhere safe so he doesn't hurt himself. But most of the time I'm removing things from him like missiles, like trucks in his hands or, you know, things that he's picked up and he looks like he's going to throw them. Um, But I don't – at a two level, you don't remove a lot. You sort of distract an awful lot. And I don't use a lot of um, true discipline. But if he bit, hit or or kicked, which he could do when he's in the middle of a tantrum and you often get where you go to hug him when he's in a tantrum yeah. and then he whacks you. So yeah. try and just keep him safe as opposed to actually fully, you know, trying to hug him. Then yeah. then I try and give him a bit of space, a bit of time and say, you know, we do not hit. Hitting's not what we do in this family. And you're using a lot of language at this age, you know. So. Yeah. You, yep. The main thing with two-year-olds is tr- what they call transitions. So how we move them from one space to the other. So say you find him walking down the corridor with a knife in his hand. So <laughs> let's go to the worst possible scenario here. So he's got a knife in his hand. If we rush at him and say, no, no, bring the knife, don't put it down, then he's obviously going to run away and put himself into a more dangerous space. So what I yeah. might do is pick up something equally as enticing as a knife, like your phone, and say, if you give mummy the knife, I can give you the phone. Now, that's actually the worst case scenario because we wouldn't use the phone as a bribery and corruption. But in (laughs) a knife case, I probably would have a go at it. So (laughs) if you can make those transitions much slower and not so rushed, children do much better. And much more simplistic one or much more reality one would be, put your shoes on, we're going to the park, and he doesn't want to put his shoes on because he's in the middle of play so when they're in the middle of play transitions are really difficult to do and if we're rushing out the door he'll react by having a tantrum so yeah. you know that pre-warning we're going to the park in a minute mummy's bringing your your shoes can you sit down now so we can put your shoes on because we're going to the park now that's going to take you about five minutes to do and often we just charge in with a backpack and a pair of shoes and say we're going to the park now and it's too fast for them and their reaction of having a tantrum is born out of that transition being too fast. So yeah. it's. Yeah. A, I think the difficulty is two-year-olds are completely different to 18-month-olds. So mm. 18-month-olds follow. You know, they are lovely. They follow all behind you and it's really easy. A two-year-old <laughs> more has a sense that they're in the world and that it's their world, no one else's world. And so we have to transition them much slower, okay? So yeah, right. I yep. think if you think of slow transitions and removing and distracting, it will eliminate most of those tantrums that you're seeing from him. Well, great. Well, thank you so much. Oh, that's a pleasure. Good luck, Jenna. <laughs> Good <laughs> luck. Thanks for your thank call. Thank you. Bye. Chris Minogue and Helpline
0: on Feed Play Love will be back answering more questions right after this. Now, back to your questions with Helpline and Chris Minogue. We also have an email from Kate. I have been binge listening to the Helpline episodes (laughs) to see if I could (laughs) snag any advice similar to my situation but feeling a little stuck. I have a 22-month-old little boy who has transitioned to a single bed at about 20 months. He's been a bit up and down with the transition with night wakings, 3 to 4 a.m. wakings, muddled up day sleeps, etc., We've got him to the more ideal and settled routine now of one to two hours day sleep, goes down at 12, and then into bedroom at, bedroom at 7 p.m. and sleeps through till 5.36. Yeah. Hard yakka, that was. Yeah, He's always been a great responder to routines and cues, and we do a nighttime routine, a 5.30 dinner, 6 p.m. bath, bottle out in lounge room, 7, 7.30 reading books in dim lit room, and from about six months old until recently, went down no resisting. <laughs> What's coming? Dun, dun, dun. Very fortunate for us, I know. My (laughs) dilemma is that he now fluffs around and gets in and out of bed for 30 minutes to one hour before falling asleep after the desired time. He's not crying or distressed or upset. He stays in his room and rolls around on the floor in the dark, tries to read books in the dark, or creepily peers (laughs) out the door where he can see us in the lounge room. After 20 minutes, we start to put him back in his bed and say things like, bedtime, stay in bed, time for sleep. At about the forty-five minute mark, I sit in the armchair in his bedroom, and he's in his cot, not touching, no eye contact, no talking, and he magically falls asleep within five oh, she minutes. i puts him in the cot. Mhm. Oh, back in the cot. No, no, sorry, back in his bed. Oh, <laughs> after yeah, I know where you're getting to. Uh, is this acceptable expectation? Is this a, an acceptable expectation for a child this age, or should I be trying to not let him get used to be to someone being in the room in order to fall asleep? Or what elements of his routine should I adjust?
1: Siobhan knows what I'm going to say I do. (laughs)
0: Five years, I know by now.
1: (laughs) He was too young for the bed. So we see this behavior a lot when babies um, or toddlers are put into a bed too young. So they might go along beautifully for, I'd say, a month to six weeks. And then they just keep getting off the bed because they're a bit too immature to understand to stay on your bed. That's quite a big concept as a little one to understand. So there's no side. So he gets off the bed. So he's lost those comforting bars around him that told him just roll around on the bed and he would fall asleep. So, but I do see this a lot, where it goes okay for a little bit and then it implodes and the whole thing falls apart. So the first thing I would do is I think you're doing all the right things and the timing is fine, so I don't think you're doing anything wrong, it's just where he's at, and he's and he's telling you that because he's rolling on the floor, he's looking for that space to put himself, back in the in the comfort and the security to fall asleep so with this what I would try before you go and put the four sides of the cot back up is put your porticot in, in the room and if he gets out of bed a lot then just say to him let's have a sleep in the cot tonight and see if he goes to sleep faster and stays asleep well he sleeps well for you overnight but stays asleep And that will give you the clue as to whether you need to put him back in the cot. And any um, clients of mine that are listening to this will know I would say put him back in his cot. So um, even if he was climbing out of the cot, I put him back in his cot. That just shows you he can climb. It doesn't show you that he's ready for a bed. So that's personally what I would do. I would check to see if he's not mature enough to handle being in the bed by putting him in the cot and if he went to sleep quite quick once you put him in the cot then I would put his big cot up and I'd put him back in his cot. And what age do you think is about right to go into a big bed? Uh, I usually do around two and a half or after that winter from when they're two so that they're warm in the cot in that first winter So it depends which one comes first, whether it's two and a half or that first winter after they've turned two. Okay. Good luck, Kate. We have an
0: email from Ainsley. Love your show. Got to start with a compliment. (laughs) I have a a three-and-a-half-year-old son who is a happy, active boy. He has a very strong attachment to me, his mum, but also has a strong bond with his dad. However, at night time, if he ever wakes, which may be once a week, he always calls me. And if my husband goes in, he has a meltdown to the point he's almost sick. As he says he doesn't want my husband, go away, and he wants mummy. Last night, he was yelling at my husband to go back to bed. When it is my husband's turn to get our son ready for childcare in the mornings, a similar thing happens. Mm. This goes on for around 10 minutes until finally a switch seems to flick and then he goes about his activities. This has been happening for about six months. I know children can favour one parent, but this seems to be getting out of hand. He otherwise happily interacts with my husband and they have activities, activities they do together only, such as playing football. Any suggestions for how we can communicate? communicate with him to resolve the issue. We have tried usual methods such as saying mummy needs rest, etc., but this does not seem to help.
1: No, three and a half year olds don't really care if mummy needs rest. (laughs) They don't seem to care about anything like that. And as you can tell, he doesn't even care about his dad in the middle of the night. I think I would take from this is that if he's only waking up once or twice a week, you have to weigh up which is the fight that you want to fight. And I know that it can be tiring because we've got, you know, work on and daycare drop-offs and all those sorts of things. But if it was once or twice a week, I'd probably get up and do it because it would be quicker he gets better sleep, less fighting. Once he gets up in the morning and he's still fighting, Dad, that sounds like while he's tired, he needs you to reassure him. Because after the 10 minutes, when it clicks in, then he's quite happy to go off with his dad. So I think when he's tired, he just needs the, a little bit more reassurance from you. And there could be multiple reasons on why that might be happening. Long days at daycare, um, just feels that that's the connection, needs that quick hug from mum and then he's okay about the whole thing. So it would only fight the fights worth fighting. So once or twice a week, I'd probably get up and just settle him mm-hmm. because... In the morning, when you want to get a little bit more sleep, he seems to be able to cope after a short time with daddy. And I'd let that pattern keep happening so that he develops a pattern of understanding that dad could get him up in the morning and get his breakfast and help him out because he seems to recover quite quickly once dad does pick him up. He's recovered within 10 minutes and happy to go on with what he's doing. I think he does it when he's tired. So, and so would, that, would you classify that like a phase? Like, do you think he'll grow out of it? Um, I'm. Oh, yeah, I'm pretty sure he will grow out of it. But I think... Um, Children at different ages and stages, and you probably would agree with this, need you for a little bit longer and a little bit more, and mm-hmm. um, because they might be going, like he might be trying to work out friendships at daycare, and so they just need a little bit more from that person that they resonate and get in it. Which in this case is the mum and Mums in give most really cases, good hugs. No, <clears throat> we're softer. Yeah, generally. Well, dads give <laughs> <good>. dads <laughs> give good hugs too, hugs um, but. But I think kids need more from you at different stages. And yes. he's just saying, I need more from you at this particular stage. I, yeah. I wouldn't take it as an affront to the relationship. I think that's where children are at.
0: Yeah. You All know? right. Well, good luck with that, Ainsley. Hopefully, he's already getting out of that phase. And yeah. um, We have an email from Erin. I've always valued your advice, Chris, and I'm hoping you might be able to share some wisdom regarding my four-month-old's naps my son was a great napper between zero to three months as most newborns are but since then it's been a little bit all over the place my twin girls were perfect sleeper nappers sleepers nappers and i'm following all the same rules i had for sleep back then i use uh, i use love to dream suits which only in the last couple of days i've had to remove the sleeves as he's rolling from his back to his tummy he has yet to master from belly to back which has me a little concerned most of his sleep is in a bassinet, dark room, white noise and keep the general three-year-old house noise to a minimum. Occasionally he'll nap in his pram bassinet, which he seems to sleep consistently longer in, bit more of a cocoon, I guess. He sleeps really well at night, only usually wakes once, and we've had a couple of really long stretches lately, till 5 or 6 a.m. He generally will have three naps in the day, with the last one being a fairly short nap. But every day is different. Some days the first nap he'll sleep for close to two hours. Other days the first nap, like today, he'll sleep for 35 minutes. The second nap is sometimes the longer nap, usually one hour, 30, but then some days it's short 30 minutes. I do try to resettle him, but he gets very smiley and chatty and Mm. I've never been able to get him back when he's like that. I try to make sure his time is between, his uptime is between an hour 32 hours. It feels like a victory when he has a long nap, but I'm doing the same thing for all naps. Is it okay that some only last 30 minutes, especially that I've read 45 minutes, is a sleep cycle? The irregular nap lengths are also making it harder to know when to feed him. It means his feeds are more clustered together during the day, especially if I feed him when he wakes or I feed him before his nap and he will fall asleep on the breast. He transfers, okay." He's due to go to sleep for the night around 7.30 to 8.00 p.m., but he won't settle properly till 9.00 p.m. From 9.00, he usually will stay asleep. Is this just a transition stage or is there something more I can be doing? That's from Erin.
1: Well, there's a lot going on there, Erin. But all of it is completely normal. And I think that's the really important thing that we need to get across to parents with these babies in the four-month window there is a lot going on for a four-month-old. They're much bigger, they're much more aware, they look around more, they socialise, they vocalise. They're very physical, as in you can see him rolling one way to another way, but not to the other way, I should say. And you've taken his arms out. So he's doing all of this in the one month. The reason I think you see the contrast between the twin girls at at their age, at his age and him, is because when you have twins, you tend to be very focused on what you're doing. So you don't go out as much because obviously if he's um, got three-year-old sisters, he's probably going out more. Um, There's more stimulation. Whereas when you have twins, you tend to be home and putting them down because if you muck one up, you muck the whole thing up. So the consistency rate on twins is much stronger. So the sleep pattern on twins is generally looks better. Okay. It looks better. So with a little one at this age and being the second um, fitting in with the girls, I think we have to take into account things like as long as you're putting him down for two sleeps in the day in his bed, you're doing really well. And if he's sleeping two sleeps in the day of an hour and a half and two naps, then you're still doing really well. And then the third thing is you've taken his arms out. So his arms, um, there's a lot more movement in his arms and he's still in a bassinet. And there's not a bassinet on the market that I know of that when you take the baby's arms out, that he doesn't hit the sides of the bassinet. So he could be waking himself more frequently because his arms are just moving more. So I would go with the basics. I would um, give him, change him out of his bassinet into a cot and see if his sleep gets better. I would feed him at a similar time frame, so about every three to three and a half hours. If he wants to feed earlier than that, it's probably actually telling you that he's tired and he needs to go back to sleep. So if you feed him, let's say, roughly on a three-hourly pattern, and he's demanding it on a two or a two-and-a-half, it's probably that the signs are more about sleep than they are about feeding. Because usually by four months, your feeding is much more, you have much more of awareness that it's, it's going well. So I think there's a lot going on. Move him into a cot, see if that helps. Um, regulate his feeds so he's not having big feeds at one spot and, and more like a drink on other spots. Have two sleeps in the day where you put him down in a regular pattern. It might be the very first one in the day before you have to get out with the girls and then it might be the lunch time. So help him regulate and that from four to five months it, it is a job to get him to go back to sleep and you do have to do some resettling but once you do it It will last you then right through to the first year or 18 months of his life. So take it in small steps, change things slowly, and I'm sure you'll see an improvement in him.
0: I remember you always would say that to me, that um, parents of twins tend to get their kids into a better sleep pattern pattern. because they don't have the choice.
1: They don't have a choice about it,
0: (laughs) and they don't want to. They don't want to (laughs) mark it out. No, they don't. We have a question on Facebook (laughs) Live from Laura. My baby is 12 months old and keeps waking 12 a.m., 2 a.m., 3, 4:30 a.m., and then 6 a.m. for feeds. Ooh. Dang, that sucks. Yeah. How can I wean him off the breast? He oh. won't take a dummy anymore, and if I give him bottle or water, he refuses and wants breast drinks for a while then falls asleep again.
1: Okay. So So there's a lot going on here, Laura, with all those breastfeeds at night because it doesn't tell me how many breastfeeds he has in the day. So a baby of his age of 12 months, I would expect, would have three breastfeeds in his day, one in the morning, one around lunchtime, one in the evening. So I suspect the breastfeeds that he's doing at night are more about sleep association than they are about him needing those feeds. So the first thing i do is I'd make sure that he has three feeds in the day And then slowly wean him off the night feeds before I weaned him off feeding altogether. So three feeds a day. Then the first wake up he does, which is at 12am, you need to resettle him. So it doesn't matter whether it takes you an hour to resettle him. I do it across the weekend where maybe your partner could help out in settling him. I would do anything but feed him. So that the next time he woke, so maybe that would take you 45 minutes to get him to sleep, then he wakes at 2.30. Then I'd do a full feed at 2.30 and hoping that that would then hold him through to about 6.00, 6.30. And then you've reduced three feeds overnight to one feed overnight. Once you get to one feed overnight, you then have to start settling him at night in a consistent pattern. So leaving him for a few minutes going in laying him down patting him until he's calm and quiet leaving backwards and forwards like that if he gets himself worked up quick little cuddle then pop him back down again a really basic baby settling technique and you're eventually going to wean him off those night feeds and then when you've done that little job Then if you need to, you can start weaning him off his day feeds and you'd start with the lunchtime one first. So I know there's a lot in this and I suspect the feeding at night has more to do with wake-ups and how you get him back to sleep, but make sure he's feeding well in the day and therefore it'll be easier to wean him off the feeds at night.
0: Well, good luck with that, Laura. And unfortunately, we've run out of time. But I will mention um, before we go that Babyology has sleep school now. So if you have been unable to get your question on this program, just head to the Babyology website and you can book in with one of our experts. And Chris Minogue is one of them. You can have a personal um, Skype call or whatever that is, video call with Chris and she can... um, tailor her answer to exactly what you need if you didn't get time today. The other ways you can get in touch with us, of course, is to email us directly at helpline at theparentbrand.com.au or if you'd like to join us live on Facebook, you can ask your questions next week at 11am Australian Eastern Standard Daylight Savings Time. No? 11.30, 11.30, sorry. <laughs> Gosh, it's a worry. Can I keep using the excuse that I'm a parent? I'm a parent. Sure. I have many holes in my brain. It's been 11.30 for a long time now. So 11.30 um, Eastern Standard Daylight Savings Time. And thank you for all your questions. See you next week. Feed, Play, Love is a babyology podcast produced and presented by me, Siobhan Hunt. I'd love to hear from you. So if you'd like to get in touch